Merry Christmas to you all. Who is Christmas for? This is the question that I would like to invite you to meditate with me a little bit on, to chew on a little bit this morning as we gather here in this celebration of Christmas. Who is Christmas for? Last night at the Midnight Mass, we heard some really, really beautiful readings that pretty clearly give us the answer of who Christmas is for. 800 years before the eternal Son of God exploded into time and into the human story, separating time itself before Christ and Anno Domini in the year of his presence and his reign, 800 years before he enters into time, the prophet Isaiah wrote what we heard last night. For us, a child is born. And then in the responsorial psalm, we heard King David thousands of years ago telling us, For us is born this day a Savior. Last night, St. Paul told us at the Midnight Mass in the second reading that Jesus gave himself for us. Have you figured it out who Christmas is for? Last night from the Gospel of Luke, we heard that amazing proclamation story of the telling of the first Christmas. And the voice that we associate with that telling of the Christmas story is, of course, not the voice of a famous politician or celebrity, actor or actress. The voice that I think we associate with this Gospel, of course, is the innocent young philosopher with a blanket named Linus, reminding us what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And he told us in an even more personal way. Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Christ and Lord. Brothers and sisters, Christmas is for you. Christmas is for me. And Christmas is for the entire human race. Merry Christmas. But how does that sit with you? That Christmas is for you. It's not for Jesus. Christmas is for you. What do you do with that? How do you receive that? I want to offer you three simple images of, I think, how God is inviting us to receive his gift to each of us this Christmas. First image that I'd like to offer you this morning is where Jesus chose to be born. Remember, this is the eternal word spoken from the mouth of the Father. This is the eternal word through whom all things are made. All things come to be through him. He holds the entire created order in his hand. Dominion rests on his shoulder. That means, brothers and sisters, this is God. Nothing happens in his plan by chance or by accident. And so where he chose to be born was not uh, a simple matter of coincidence. Where did God choose to be born? And if you're a scripture scholar, you'd tell me, Father, Father Luke, he was born in Bethlehem. And I would say, you're right. Where in Bethlehem? The downtown Ritz-Carlton. <laughs> no. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, Pope Benedict XVI tells us in his reflection on Christmas that there's a reason why God was not born at the local inn. You see, 2,000 years ago, if you really cared about fitting in, if you really cared about being seen, noticed, liked, praised, accepted by the world, you would go to the local inn. That was a place where the world gathered to perform, that other people might see them, notice them, celebrate them, honor them. The local inn was not a place of reality. It was a place where you would go to perform. 
so that other people might think well of you, might see how put together your life is, how amazing you are. You've got it all figured out. The local inn was not a place of reality. It was a place of performance. You might think 2,000 years later of your social media account. Not a place where people see the real us, a place that we go to perform, to be seen, noticed, liked, praised, accepted by the world. And so when Mary and Joseph went knocking on the door of that local inn, that place of performance, they were rejected, and their son was cast out into the night because he was not welcome in the performance, because he did not come for performances. He came for you. And brothers and sisters, where was it that he chose to be born? Our God chose to be born in a stable, in a cave. What lives in stables? Animals. And so let's sit with that image of a stable for a minute. How would you describe the stable, the cave, in which the Son of God chose to be born? Cold, dark, isolated, away from the glitz and glamour of the world. Loud, messy, smelly. Brothers and sisters, your God, who has come to give you the most incredible gift this Christmas, was born in a mess. And that's not a matter of coincidence, that's a matter of divine decision. He chose to enter into the story of his people literally in a mess. And so 2,000 years later, where do you think he would like to be born in you, in your heart, in your family, and in this world? The place that we go to perform, where we've got it all together, we really don't need a God because our life is amazing. We've got life by the tail. No mess to see here, Jesus. Or could we be real and allow the God who has come for you to meet you in that mess, in that place where you are broken, not in control, where you're suffering, where life is not going your way, that place where actually if other people saw you there, you might not experience embrace and love. You might experience rejection as he experienced it. And so that first image, brothers and sisters, of the messy stable, God chose to be born into a mess, and he desires to be born into the messiness of your life and of mine this Christmas. He has come for you, and he has come for me. Okay, so image number one, the messy stable that he desires to be born into. Image number two, who were the people that went to go meet Jesus in that mess? Who were the people that were willing to go into the mess, into the smell, into the cold, into the dark, into what was real to meet the eternal Son of God there? Who left the local inn, the place of performance, to go and be with Jesus in what is real? No one. And so, brothers and sisters, if we choose to live at the local inn, we are always going to miss Jesus for who he is, because he has not come for a performance. He has come for the real you and the real me. Who were the people that were willing to go into the mess with the Son of God and to meet him there? There are only two groups of people, shepherds, and as we're going to hear next week, kings. Shepherds and kings. Those people who are poor enough and those people who are wise enough to acknowledge that this life is not at all about being seen by the world. The groups of people who are poor enough and wise enough to acknowledge that this life is not about the glitz and glamour of the world in which we live. It is about him, his presence, and his love. 
Brothers and sisters, he has come for us. And he desires to meet us in that mess and to give us in the midst of that mess the gift of himself. And he comes not as a field marshal, not as a celebrity or politician. He comes as an innocent little baby to meet us in that mess. Innocent little baby. So I went back and I found a picture of Father Luke living his best life, aged two years old, one Christmas night, fast asleep in a bowl of spaghetti and meatballs. Why are you laughing, brothers and sisters? I was messy. It's embarrassing to see me like that. Because you know, as well as I, that people are most lovable when they're seen in the midst of their mess. And for some reason, when we look at a child who is messy, we can't not delight in them. But for some reason, when we grow up and the world begins to sink its teeth into our hearts and our minds, we start buying the lie that we have to have it all figured out. We have to be in control. We have to look perfect. And so the words that we would associate with this false reality in which we live is performance. And we think of fear and anxiety having to have it all together. Brothers and sisters, let's be honest, that's exhausting. And so Jesus invites you and I this morning to embrace our inner shepherd and our inner king and to acknowledge that he has come not because he's impressed with us. He has come not because he's blown away at how put together you and I are. He's come because he delights in seeing the messiness of your life. He's not scared of it. When he sees you, he sees that two-year-old face planted in a bowl of spaghetti. He delights in the mess. He doesn't fear it. The mess pulls him even more into your life, your family, and even more into this world. And so are you willing to be a shepherd and a king and to leave the local inn, the place of performance, and to let the Son of God love you in the midst of the mess? First image, the mess. Second image, the shepherds and the kings. Third image, brothers and sisters, is the incredible gift that we are about to receive. Because when he came into time 2,000 years ago, this is a God who is faithful to his people. He came for us. He came for you. He came for me. And when he came, he never left. What we celebrate on Christmas is that God loves each of us so much that he sent his only son to be with us, not just for a time period. What we celebrate on Christmas, brothers and sisters, is that he took up his dwelling among us and he has never left his people He is a God who stays. He is a God who remains because he is a God who is for every member of the human race. And so what we are about to witness in just a couple more minutes in the offering of this mass is Jesus again stepping into time, stepping into history and giving himself for you. This is God. There is nothing greater than him. There's nothing more powerful than him. There is no greater love. This is the author of life. This is the one who made his people free. This is the one who holds all of the universe in his hand. And what he cares most about, brothers and sisters, is you and is me. And so the greatest gift that he could ever give any of us is not money, it's not power, it's not likes on social media. The greatest gift he could ever give one of us is him. And so he's about to give you again the greatest gift that has ever been given in history. And this gift is for you. And so you're going to hear in just a couple more minutes the Son of God speaking through his priest. 
And he's going to say, I see you. And I see the mess in which you are in. And I have come not to judge, not to condemn, but to remind you that at your core, you belong to me. You are not a child of this world. This world has no power to dictate your identity because at your core, you are loved. This is my body and I give it for you. Brothers and sisters, Christmas is for you. How do you receive that? Will you live in the confidence of his love? Will you live in the freedom of knowing that he sees your mess and he loves you not in spite of it? That's actually the reason that he came. This love that he is about to give us is completely and totally free. There is no cost, no expectation. He sees you, he loves you, and he's about to give himself again for you. Come, let us adore him, the infant king, the lover of the entire human race, the one whose coming was foretold, the one who sees your life and mine and sees the mess, the one who embraces us in the midst of our own misguided and imperfect love, the one who tells us again and again and again that your story and mine matter to him. For you, he has come. Sin and death are swallowed up forever by the fury of his love for you. And so, brothers and sisters, come away with me now to Bethlehem. Leave the local inn. Welcome him into the mess. Embrace that inner shepherd and that inner king. And let's adore him as he comes to meet us again this day. For you and for me, he has come. And for you and for me, he comes again. Come, let us adore him.